Hey there, content creators. If you're looking for another episode of Mediavine On Air, the podcast created just for you, put your mind at ease. You're in the right place. I'm Jenny Guy, your host, and a proud fellow member of this incredible community of content creators. In fact, since I started working with bloggers a little over six years ago, I was frankly amazed that this whole world existed that I never knew about and humbled to be welcomed in with open arms. So thank you for being cool, content creator community. And speaking of communities, well, let's just keep on doing that for this episode, shall we? The founder of powwows.com, Paul Gowder, originally joined me on Teal Talk season four in late 2021 to teach us how to shift our social media focus towards building a community that lasts. Paul shared tips that he's used to grow his own community to hundreds of thousands strong, as well as how to continue that growth outside of the social media walled garden. To connect with Paul and see how he works his magic up close and personal, check out the links in the show notes. And if you're a happy part of the Media Vine on Air community, this is episode 30. So we would love it if you take a few moments to rate this episode five stars and maybe write us a review. But for now, on to Paul. You're listening to Media Vine on Air, the podcast about the business of content creation, from SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on air host, Media Vine's Jenny Guy. Hey guys. How is Tuesday treating you so far? Is it fall-like in your neck of the woods? In Oklahoma, it has gone back to the mid to upper 80s with some 90s sandwiched in there for fun. So the only place I can wear fall fashion comfortably is in air conditioning. So (laughs) a big welcome to you from my home, AKA the Meat Locker. This is Teal Talk and I am your host, Jenny Guy. It is so great to see you today. Is anyone else also in absolute shock that it's October later this week. Does that feel wrong? Like, how did that happen? Isn't it still 2020? The, the whole last two years, you can't really tell when, where where we are in time. Yeah. It's wrong that like, I, I, I'm aging, but I can't tell you what's happened or any of it. It's so bizarre. It's so, such, so bizarre. But the good thing, the, the silver lining, I don't know if anyone else, I love fall. I think it is one, it's one of my favorite seasons. And on top of that, I don't know that there are any content creators that don't love Q4. It is such a wonderful, magical time for us for a number of reasons. And we've got a lot of really exciting programming planned for you guys coming up to help you make the most of this time when advertising spend is going to be at its peak for most of the niches that we work with in the lifestyle spectrum. Um, Just to make sure that all of that top content that you know is going to have eyes on it is is performing at its max. So we will have all of those things happening and coming uh, coming your way in the coming weeks. And then this week, keep your eyes peeled for our earnings calendar, which is coming out. We'll let everybody know how to maximize those days when spend uh, is traditionally higher. So we'll be sharing that shortly. But for today, what we're talking about is a different way of looking at social media. And we're very excited to have Paul Gowder with us here. We're Rather than talking about trying to go viral or trying to beat the the A word that we talk about so often with um, with Facebook, particularly the algorithm word, we're going to come at this from a different direction and come at it from the building of a community. 
and I am so pleased to have Paul Gowder with us today. He is the founder of powwows.com. He graduated from the University of South Carolina in 1994 with a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science and again in 1996 with a Master of Public Education Administration. Paul enjoys traveling with his wife and daughter, including over 30 trips as a family to Walt Disney World. That is something I can get behind <laughs> 10 out of 10. Have you yes. been? Have you been in the last strange 18 months? Several times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's awesome. I, I, and is, is Galaxy's Edge as amazing as everyone says it is? Rise of Resistance is the best thing Walt Disney World or, or Disney Company has ever built. It's unbelievable. But I'm, you know, I mean, you can see I'm a Star Wars person. So it's yes. incredible. I have been admiring Paul's background for a while now. Um, and I, I'm dying to go to Galaxy's Edge. So I'm gonna, what we're going to do, guys, is talk about forming a community. As always, if you have questions for Paul or for me, drop them in the comments and we will get make sure those are asked. And then we will also have a handout at the end of today's episode that we will share in the comments so that you don't have to worry about trying to take notes or click around to try to find the things we're talking about. We will have all of that wrapped up in a nice little Q4 bow that we'll, we will share at the end. So first, guys, I'm going to ask a question to our audience quickly before we, we go all the way in. Have you started a group on Facebook or any other social platform? Tell us a little bit about that experience. Share that in the comments. And while that happens, I'm gonna start where we always start out. Tell us more about your journey as a content creator. How you started your website, which he told us right before we started was in 1996. 1996, he started powwows.com. And when you started investing time into expanding and that community and community building through establishing those groups on social media. Yeah, thanks. Um, and excited to be here. So um, thank you for Mediavine for letting me uh, come on and talk. So yeah, in 1996, I started building powers.com and it, it was a complete accident. It was not, it was not something I was in grad school. It was not something meant to be a business. So I was building websites, just teaching myself how to do it. And I built two pages on things that I was into at the time. Obviously Star Wars toy collecting was one of them. Um, and I was telling you before we went live, it, it's still out there in its original form if anybody wants to go find that. Amazing. But and then I built one about Native American um, powwows and because I was I was traveling around the southeast, I was dancing, I was singing. So I, I built some pages about that. It wasn't just a few weeks that people started emailing me and looking, you know, it was back. It was before Google. So we hit the search engine really early, those early search engines. So people found us really easily. And immediately people were emailing, wanting to not just engage with me, but really to engage with each other. So it was within the first six months, we threw up a forum. You know, back then it was a, a free little plugin we found somewhere. And the community started really from the beginning. It, and so we've been community focused since 1996. Um, we've gone through several phases. We, we went, did the forum thing. We were heavily in V Bulletin, if anybody remembers that. And then when, when social media happened, it was at first a difficult transition for us because we were so heavily invested in forums um, and had hundreds of thousands of members there. And that's where all of our traffic was. So it took us a little bit to figure out how to switch to social media. Um, but now that is kind of the hub of where our community is with our page and our, and our groups. But also, you know, going back to what I was saying, community, we were community from the start. So we really look at everything we do, whether it's our newsletter, our lives, our powwow lives, uh, webcast, everything we do, we try to incorporate community into it. I love that that's intrinsically a part of your brand. And so so your real challenge was taking what you already had existing on those forums. And we've got other people giving forum love in our comments. <laughs> um, <laughs> we remember that that you were trying to translate that into a social media landscape. That's I love that. Okay. 
let's let's explain to people because we have Kelly actually said I have a Facebook business page, but very rarely post on it because I feel like I never get any engagement. This is a common theme. It's something we hear over and over again from content creators that Facebook is tough. It's a tough, it's a tough platform and it changes all the time. But what I would like to hear from Paul is how has investing this time, because we know as content creators, we have limited time, we have limited resources. Um, and there's about 500 million things to put your attention on that everything is saying here, 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 this is the most important. This is the most important. Tell us how you've seen this payoff for you. Really the community for us with all the algorithm changes and all of the, I mean, different social medias that come up and go for us, having the groups and having the community um, on all parts of our website. It, for us, it's, it is when we want to do something new or when we want to launch, uh, like right now we're celebrating our 25th anniversary. So we're doing a big contest. So when we want to do that, it's our community that we look to first to kind of launch those things. And, if, you know, of course, then search engines will pick it up and other stuff will links or whatever. But whenever we do, we always start with our community. We just launched, relaunched our podcast. So our community is the one who jumped on that first. And that's where we're getting our first downloads and our, you know, so having that community is kind of your starting place of any content you're creating. And it's great. You know, you automatically have a few, you know, whether it's a few hundred or a few thousand downloads or interactions, that's where it starts. Um, so you don't have to worry about whether it's algorithms or even Google SEO changes. As long as you have that community somewhere, um, and I highly recommend like a newsletter with your community. So you don't, aren't dependent on all those other people. Um, yeah, it's a great place that you can kind of start with. Building those super fans. So we've actually yes. had several people come in and, and they're your people. They're the people that, that want your newsletters. They want your content. They're not finding you from a random Google search, or if they are, they're finding you, loving you and staying with you. So as I just said, we know that there is um, a limited amount of time and resources for content creators to invest in the various things from social to photography, to video, to SEO, to <laughs> writing, to ads, to site design, to all of the different things. Give us a step-by-step -step of how you broke in. And, and I think it will probably make sense to hear how you how you started on social media rather than sure. forums. Well, I'll, I'll tell, tell you about the transition. So when we were on the forums, I mean, we were at one point, we were having thousands of new posts a day it was incredible the amount of content there wow. when social media hit the forums over probably a three to six month period the traffic just was gone and i can remember getting emails from longtime forum members saying man this was great it was awesome but powwows.com's dead man i'm sorry we're gonna have to leave you and, and getting oh. dozens of emails like that and Whew, it was rough. Those were hard times. Um, so what we did, we we made a concerted effort to switch over and focus on social media. Um, and some of the things we had to do first, we really had to identify and I recommend everybody doing this, rec you know, looking at who are you trying to talk, target? Who is your audience? And we have a few different ones with our website. We really identified those people. And so everything we did then, on, we starting with our Facebook page and our community we try to target those people and other people will come. But as long as you're you're focused on your group, your the people you're trying to connect, all of your content kind of will focus around that. And you'll attract those people that want to be a part of that community. Those early days, you know, for us posting on Facebook, it, it may seem like you're shouting into the void and nothing's out there. But it's OK if you only have one or two people. It's still a community. And I'll tell you something. This happened on the forums, and it's one of the best tips I give people. When when I first started the forums, my username, if people remember forums, you had usernames. You didn't have your real name. And mine right. was Webmaster because that was what I was. I was the webmaster of powers.com, right? So that was my username. Right. And somewhere along the line, one of my moderators said, Paul, you know, 
everybody looks at you as like this overlord guy out there. They don't know who you are. <laughs> and she's like, you've got to change your username and you've got to get in the forums and actually talk to people. And so I made the change. I actually started using my real name and I engaged in the community. I went and posted. I talked in the forums. I shared personal information. I started conversations. And I, and I do the same thing on social media or newsletter is I... And this was, I made this, you know, I made this mistake twice in, the, in my newsletter. I did the same thing. I talked like a brand for a long time and then I made the shift and made sure I was talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, having that personal connection and sharing personal things, but talking to them like they, like we are on the same page and we're actually a part of the same community that will go. Even if you only have two people on your Facebook group or your pay, Facebook page, engaging them and being a part of that community, you know, being a part of it with them not just like pushing toward them has been a huge shift for me. And I've had to learn that lesson a few times, but it really does help. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the difference between, and I, I'm going to have you expand on this if you don't mind yeah. talking like a brand versus talking like yourself, talking with people, communicating as opposed to talking at people. Yeah. You know, I'll give you the example of the newsletter for a long time. I thought graphics and I say, I, I used to have my newsletters look like a Best Buy ad. They were amazing. They were pretty. They had all kinds of fancy flashing things and all this graphics. And so now my newsletters maybe have a few images, but it's mostly text. And I spend the first part of all my newsletters, whether it's, you know, we're sending out the new blog post of the week or updates or, to our powwow calendar, anything like that. The first part is always me talking to the community, you know, saying, and, I, and I'll say things like, hey, this week is here's what's happened with me. Um, like this past weekend, I actually got to go to my first powwow in two years in person, you know, flew back last night. And so I talked about that in the newsletter. I talked about that in the Facebook group. I went and told that story and that, you know, put that in the newsletter and be real personal and people will identify that. Same thing, you know, in the Facebook group, I worked really hard over the last few years building that Facebook group and get, going in there and engaging people and just asking questions like, you know, when was the first time you went to a powwow? It's a really basic question. Anybody can, you know, whether you're a, a food blogger or whatever, you know, when's the first time you did this? And that's a really basic question. And you, you'll always get a response to something like that. But you got to be in there and you got to be part of the community. That's kind of scary, right? To have yes. to go from having that level of, of divide to going in and being being more open and, and more yourself without that layer, without that layer of protection. So you also said, determine who it is that you want to talk to. And that sounds like such an obvious thing. Um, but I think I know it's hard for me, everyone to not feel like you want to talk to everyone, but I, I don't want to cut anyone off. So can you talk through your process of determining who your people sure. are and how you really drill down on that? Right. So, and that was one of the, the hard transitions for, for us going from the forum based and, and things we were doing on our website to social media. For us, that shift meant that really we had a different audience when we switched to social media. So in the early days of powwows.com, most of the people visiting our website were people who actually participated in powwows. They were the dancers, the singers, the head staffs, the people who ran powwows. That's who our audience was. 80, 90% of our audience was that. When we moved to social media, obviously we had a bigger world out there and it was, it became really apparent that we were attracting more people. So when we would post, um, like we used to post all the results of powwows, those kind of posts started getting no traction at all because people, they didn't know who these people were, who placed first or second in a powwow didn't really mean anything to them. Whereas opposed to if we posted pictures of what happened at the powwow and told the story of like, here, here's the jingle dress and here's what the, what this dance is about. All of a sudden that blew up. 
So that's when we started realizing that, hey, we have a different group here. So in some of the things we did, you know, it's I started looking at what kind of questions were coming in, whether it's social media or email, what are people asking and started writing those down kind of here are my top 10 questions and, and all, you know, comments, whatever. You can start determining like, OK, here these people are for us. It was OK. So I'm seeing that some of these people are are not really Native American. They're just people interested in the culture and wanting to figure out a way to engage and explore and connect with the culture. So if that's a new, a new part of our audience, okay, let, let's figure out what kind of content we need to build for them. Uh, at the same time, we still have our native people. And so we need to build content for them. So and, and that became, for us, it was all about what kind of questions were coming in, the content that people were, you know, looking at our Google analytics, if this page was getting it, we're like, okay, well, why is that page getting more than this? Really digging in and making that Okay, my audience is people that are non-native and they are looking to identify with Native American culture, even if they're not a part of a tribe, even if they're not living on a reservation. And so that was kind of we, we wrote out those avatar kind of statements. I love that. And I know that it's a, it's a marketing term avatar, but it's so important because it's so easy to fall into that trap of I can be everything to everybody and try to talk to everybody. And when you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Yes. You have to be figuring out who it is that you're talking to. And I that's so helpful. Great advice. I also loved what you said a, a few moments ago, um, and it, it relates directly to what Kelly was just saying, which is that she's post, she has the business page, but she she's, doesn't really post because she doesn't get the engagement. And as you said, it's so difficult initially when you're doing that because you, you feel like you're shouting into the void, but that even if there are a few people responding, you do have a community. Are there other recommendations that if you're not getting traction, if you're not growing, how do you recommend finding people? Yeah. So when we started our Facebook group, so we went out, if, if you were subscribed to our newsletter, if you had ever sent me an email, if you had ever posted a comment on any of my content, we were sending invites. You know, maybe you weren't subscribed to the newsletter, but you had sent me a question. Yeah. At some point I was going to email you and say, hey, by the way, we have a Facebook group now and you, you may want to go check this out. And and I'm also really intentional about it. So when people do email me even now and I, and they they'll write maybe a question that I'm not comfortable asking or I'm not an expert in part of the culture. My response is always, hey, we have a community. Maybe somebody there can help you. Go check it out. And, and I try to be really intentional about mentioning the group um, and, hey, that we do have this place our community can connect. So maybe you do want to go check that out. And so everybody who, who contacts me may get that kind of messaging. We've also found that contests and giveaways are super great for um, getting people, even if you only have five people in your community, if all five of them start sharing it and you have some kind of contest or giveaway or trivia question or whatever, those have been really great for us. Do you ever incentivize joining the group beyond just the, the great thing that you're providing? And do you ever, one, part one of that question, part two, is there ever a circumstance, do you guide the person into the group? Do they have, do you have a, a, a some sort of a document or a welcome or how do you, how does that all go down? Yeah. So a couple of things we do there. So right now we're running a contest for our 25th anniversary. And in that we do, it's one of those contests that we're using viral sweep if anybody has ever used that. And so you can complete tasks that earn extra entries. And one of the tasks is of course, joining the Facebook group. And then inside the Facebook group, we're actually, we've posted like special bonus codes. So if you go in your, in the group and you can find one of these bonus codes, then you get extra entries. So we do that to kind of incentivize people to come over inside the group. We do have some welcoming documents. We did, did use um, what's Facebook call them units now where we mm -hmm. built kind yeah. of, a, I think we have like a six or seven step um, document that kind of sets the tone of what our community is, what to expect in our community um, and to make sure that you understand like 
in a bigger aspect of here's what all of the resources that powwows.com offers. Um, because we have the issue of sometimes people will join the group and not necessarily know that we have resources back on our website. As Mediavine people, we're always trying to drive people back to the website. But also in my email sequences, when anybody signs up to the newsletter, part of our welcoming sequence, there is a whole email out there that says, hey, the community of powwows.com is all over. We have a large community, but hey, if you want a place to connect with other people in the community, here's a group and come join our group. So it's really just kind of a standard byline to almost all of your communications that you're yes. putting out. And then you are incentivizing by, can you tell me more about how you are hiding codes in the in the <laughs> Facebook group? I think that's fascinating. It's really cool. Viral, I love Viral Sweep because they let you generate a list of codes. And so I put them in my podcast. And so it's a four digit code. And if, if you get the code and you go to the page, you get an extra, I think it's 25 entries into the contest. So I'll put them, uh, you know, I'll put them in the group and say, hey, here's the bonus code for this week. Now you can go back to the power, the entry page over on powers.com and get this entry. So we put them in our live streams. We put them in our podcast. We put them in newsletters and we even hide them on the website. And it's been great for driving people to the Facebook group, but also driving a ton of traffic to the page. I mean, we can't argue with either of those things. Those are both uh, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful responses. Okay, this is a question for the audience. I wanted to ask, I would assume that at least you're in at least one Facebook group. Everybody watching or listening right now has to be in at least one. What made you join that group? What was the thing that made you pull the trigger, click yes, and go join it? I want to hear how you were incentivized personally to join a Facebook group. And then for Paul, I wanted to ask, Facebook is obviously the most commonly used platform for groups, but talk to us about community building on other platforms and how do you expand? Sure. And going back to what you were saying about limited time, one of the things we've also done is we've not used some platforms intentionally, Twitter being one of them. We really don't spend a lot of time on Twitter just because we tried it and that's not where our community was. It's not where our people are engaging so we don't do it clubhouse was another one we we just didn't that not where our people were so we didn't go there and i think that's really important is don't you don't have to be everywhere at once and you really focus so but when we do expand to another platform so um, right now we're we're playing with tiktok and having fun over there oh um, yeah and, we so actually and, had an episode this summer about yeah. tiktok and really there, we're just take, we're repurposing content that we have elsewhere. But again, it, it goes back to whether whatever platform you're using. For me, it's really just being having that overall mindset that everybody is a part of the community. And we do it on our website. We do it, like I said, in our newsletters is every post we do. We're always trying to talk to the people um, or with folks, not trying to like shout down at them or preach to them or whatever. So even if it's on Instagram, you know, our stories, we're trying to make them direct or personal. Uh, same thing uh, on any of the platforms. We're, we're just trying to make sure that we are keeping that community aspect in, in, in there all the time. You know, the content we post on, on them is a little bit different um, depending on which platform we're using. But it's always about, hey, you know, you're part of this community, whether it's asking them a question or telling them a story. We try to keep that in mind all the time. Keeping the community at the forefront and the needs of that community as opposed to, and I love that that even while you're working to drive traffic back to your website, you're keeping at the forefront of your messaging that there are resources for you, that we're, we're providing a service to you. We're providing what you, what you hopefully came here for. I'm reading all these different, all this feedback on why people were joining groups. I'm hearing to engage with other like-minded people on the topic, learning from others. Um, Kelly says, honestly, the Mediavine Publisher Group is the main reason I keep my Facebook page <laughs> active. I mean, well, we, we, we can't hate on that. 
Um, Miranda said, looking for groups that answer questions I have about a given topic, interest-based groups, people giving feedback, things like that. Lots of different reasons for joining groups. Uh, and I wanted to ask, oh, Paul, go I ahead. Was say, yeah, and one of the big things that, so um, I was in the Facebook Community Accelerator last year. And oh. one of the things that came out of that is making the transition to making my group public. You know, we weren't completely public before and Facebook has the new public group setting. Highly recommend turning that on it, as long as it's not a, a topic where you're trying to keep the audience somewhat protected. But for us, it has been huge for those. So for those posts, like I talked about, when's the first time you went to a powwow? So we may get several hundred people posting on that. And when you have a public group, we have tons of people now coming into the group because they saw a friend post a comment. And the Facebook algorithm is liking those public groups right now. So it's a that's a good tool to kind of get some more growth. What makes you decide between public and private in terms of your group? And and how yeah. do you how did you make that distinction? And tell us more about Facebook Accelerator. Yeah, sure. So I have three groups really for powwows.com. And one is well, two are public and one is is semi-private where you have to, we don't really share. You can't see the post unless you're part of the group. That one is about if you're interested in tracing family history. So we have a group where people can come in and kind of share those stories. So we didn't want that open to the public because people are sharing some more personal things. But sure. our main group, Powell Nation, that, of course, is just open. Anybody can come in. And then we also have a buy and sell group that is open too. So the Community Accelerator, it was a six-month program that Facebook put on. There were 14 of us in North America that were selected. And it was it was six months intensive work at looking at how who our community is and, and again helping us at me re-identifying those avatars and kind of who our messaging was and then building out plans to how we grow um, was that we we went back and made sure that our group was a part of our all of our messaging. My Facebook coach, she was <laughs> that was one of the things she kept saying is you you have to incorporate the group more. And we before the accelerator, of course, we used the group and we it was part of our community, but we weren't like, you know, those, I talked about as part of our newsletters, part of our welcoming, all that. That wasn't there. So the Facebook accelerator really helped me build out those kind of things. And it was successful. We grew during the accelerator. We grew from 30,000 members to 60,000 members in a six month period. And and where are you now? Because I, it was not 60,000 when I looked the last time. It was like 200 something. Um, on our Facebook group, I think we're at like 75,000. Our Facebook page is 750,000, something like that. That's pretty good. Pretty amazing. You were talking about ways to get your group active and engaged. And I would love your tips on the best. You said asking a question is a great way to to get people involved. Another another recommendation you gave was rather than telling people about something, showing them with pictures. How do you get a really engaged group going? It's tough, especially at first. So it's it's really about inviting some people in, getting that those first conversations started. And even back in the forums, there were times when I didn't have many people out there. So it was me and a couple of friends. I don't want to say we were seeding conversations, but you know, it was, you know, we were, I was intentionally like, hey, if even my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm going to post this. I need you to go and post a reply. Um, get your core group in there and start conversations. As long as you can get two or three people commenting, somebody else is going to see it and come in. Facebook doesn't like links, so try not to post links, of course. But, you know, pictures were great in the beginning and still are. I mean, if you go and anybody wants to go and check out our group, now it's um, a lot of it is just people sharing their pictures of powwows or different parts of Native culture. That's really been the best way is, you know, getting in there and posting 
posting the way Facebook wants you to post in the group, which is organic content, nothing really shared into the group. It's posted straight to the group, whether it's a conversation starter or a picture or a video. Yeah, it's posting it directly in there. It's been really good. Several years ago, I took a class or a course and they had the, and I still have them on my desk. It had a deck of cards of Facebook posts. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Oh. Grow your audience. It's uh, Rachel Miller. Don't thank you, Rachel, for that. Um, that was a great course. But I keep these on my desk. And any, you know, if you can go out there and just find these, there's, there's stuff like this all over the place. But literally, I'll pull a card out of these decks once or twice a week and just post it in the group to get conversations started. Love those cards. That's that's. It's not cards against humanity. It's cards for <laughs> humanity. Form the group. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to ask, and this is this seems crazy to have to say but but we do because it's it's counterintuitive but what we want to do with social media is we want to share our links to our website drive the people back to our website get them onto our what get and be able to monetize in that way but that's not what facebook wants facebook oh. wants us to keep them on the platform so how do you balance doing what facebook wants you said you said and you said you also weren't seeing a lot of success sharing a post from your public page so yeah. it's creating a new post in the group each time. And and so how do you balance sharing your links? Because like you said, that's where we want people to go. Yes. And and that that's something I had a, we talked a lot about during the community accelerator is like for publishers like me, and not every not everybody in the accelerator was in the same situation, but my revenue is from advertising. So I have to drive people back to the website. And I so the conversation I had this conversation with Facebook several times. And if you're out there listening, I still want you to think about this. What if Facebook, <laughs> what if Facebook, you know, monetized our content and we didn't have to depend on sending people back? What if what if the end result was just engagement on Facebook for monetization? What then what, what could we do? Yeah. It is a it's a hard balance. So I don't I don't look at my group as a way to drive traffic to the page. I look at the group as just part of our community. And if we do happen to post something in there, whether so like this weekend, I went out to uh, the Morongo powwow in California and we stream the entire event. We, we do during non COVID times, we do about 15 or so powwows a year where we stream the entire event. So yes, we posted that in the group. And so that helped drive traffic back to the website. But for the most part, the community, the, the group is just a community and it's there to build that community feeling. And of course, you know, it's it's going to be a side side result that you're going to get traffic from that. But that's not our focus with the group because it, it's 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 not what Facebook wants you to do. So they're not going to reward you for posting a ton of links in there. And we do post occasionally, you know, here's the new blog post or those kind of things. But for the most part, it's just here's our community and let's engage in the group itself. Excellent way to think about that. So then how do you get the, how do you convert those group members to newsletter subscribers? Here's a little thing I found out recently um, that I started doing. I use a product called group leads and I ask everybody who joins the Facebook group now with, with the new public groups, not everybody sees your Facebook questions or whatever, but if you request access to our group, I do ask for your email address. And it's one of the questions. If you want to join our group and you want to be a part of our newsletter, leave me your email address. And I use a product called Group Leads that scrapes all of those emails right into the newsletter. Highly recommend that if you have a group. It's, you know, if, if you're just starting and you're only getting a few, it's easy enough to cut and paste. But we were to the point of the volume. We had to have a little tool to do that. And it's it's amazing just asking people for their email address. And, it, and one of the... um. One of the pinned posts in our group is usually something to the effect of, hey, do you want to know more about this? Well, here's our newsletter or here's a sequence you may want to go and join. Like I said, we have something um, if you're new to powwows, 
So we have one that's um, www.powwows.com slash powwow101. And so made a little simple URL and I can mention it in the group. I can mention it in live streams um, and it's a pinned post. Hey, if you're new to this and want to kind of get more about it, here's an email sequence. We'll send you some information and backgrounds about powwows. So those are the kind of things we do. We, we don't do a whole lot of, hey, just come join our join our list. I try to target it. Same thing. We have one. We have an email sequence about ancestry and we'll we'll kind of advertise it that way is hey if you need some more help with this we've got an email list that'll kind of help you and get you started and that that's been good for us i love that you're able to get those email addresses without driving people off the platform keep facebook happy and grow your list fantastic that's amazing how often do you send emails i know we're not talking about emails yeah. those that's another 7500 episodes <sighs> that we could do but i'd love yes. to hear about about how many how many emails you're sending so broadcast emails that go out to the whole list, we're probably sending three to four a week. Um, now, if you're in one of our sequences, you may be getting more. So like the Powwow 101, it's one a day for about eight days. So then, of course, you, you'll get a couple of broadcasts in there, too. But broadcast is about three to four a week. Unless like this weekend, we had something special going on with our live stream. So we sent out a few more to kind of promote that. How does community building differ from other forms? How Because you're... When you said three to four emails a week, you're creating a lot of content. You're engaging on the blog, you're engaging in the group, you're writing emails, you're doing all of these different. How is your tone or voice different when you're in your community? Well, that's one of the things. It, for me, it's a, a mindset of my tone and, and voice are always the same. It is always, right. yeah, go back to that that one of the moderator telling me, stop talking about it like you are the webmaster of the, the page. It's, I'm Paul G. And so my username on the forum was Paul G. And even this weekend, <laughs> I got, we were um, going back to the room one night and, and um, they were the people putting on the powwow gave us a ride because we had all the equipment. And one of the guys jumped on the jumped on and I hadn't seen him in years. And he jumped on and looked at me and he was Paul G, what's up? And so I'm still known for for that because that's how I engage people on the forums. And still today, people still know me as Paul G, not Paul Gowder. So it's it's just having that mindset of wherever whatever platform you're using, email, Instagram, Facebook groups, whatever, it's always community first. It's always addressing them like I'm one of them and I'm part of the community. It's not, I'm not out here and you're just part of my, you know, brand or whatever. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to be just like them. So we talked about that you're grabbing those email addresses from the very beginning, which is a great step. And what was the name of the platform you're using to help with that? Group Leads. So how we've talked about, that's one way of looping them in. What are other ways of, because it, the more we want, the goal of this is to embed these people, embed our new community members in as many different methods and platforms as we can. So what other methods do you use? I heard you mention a live. Yes. So I do a weekly live on Facebook and YouTube. That's Thursday nights. And so I'm always in the live stream. I'm always talking about if you want to continue to see our content and not be dependent on somebody else showing it to you, you have to come over and subscribe. So that um, newsletter subscription is probably our call to action most. Joining the group is is our second. Um, so the first thing we want you to do is join our newsletter, then second, join our group. So yeah, wh wherever I am, that's, that's the messaging I'm pushing. And so like I said, I made a little easy URL. That's something I highly recommend. Make a quick, easy URL that you can use in your lives. You can make a lower third for it, those kind of things. And same thing in the podcast, we mentioned those kind of things. And so, so going live, you highly recommend, I mean, obviously yes. 
I like going live. We, we've had some success with it. And, and I love it. It's Facebook still loves it. They still love video. They still love you going live on their platform. It's a, um, it's a, it's a way to beat through that algorithm. And then with you driving them back to your community and driving them back to your email list, super, super, super smart. And then I, I don't think there are any of us who who don't have strong opinions about the Facebook algorithm and the different changes that happen. Do you ever have concern about those changes impacting that community? How, how do you recommend we work with Facebook and, and you work directly with Facebook rather than feeling like we're constantly trying to beat them? It is a struggle every day. And even during the accelerator, I mean, all of us that were in that, you know, reach and getting Facebook to show our content is something that everybody struggled with. Even, you know, I, several times I joke with my, with my Facebook advisor, it's like, can't you just go flip the switch for me? Um, isn't there just one little switch over there? You can just turn it back on the reach that I had 10 years ago. But for us, we think about the, the, we think about that. And we do look at our stats, but it's, we just try to be consistent in posting with, so we, we're really video heavy on a lot of our content because we're going to powwows and we're shooting video and Facebook lets you repurpose and cross post those videos. So we do that. Um, we don't just post the video one time. We'll, we'll cross post it in different ways. And sometimes it'll be, Hey, here's something that just happened. Or we'll maybe put a conversation starter with the video and it's like, Hey, this video is about this. What do you think about it? We'll, we'll try to use our content multiple times just to try to get Facebook. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but just being consistent and um, trying different things all the time. Uh, for us, live streaming is one of those things that still works for us. And even, you know, I talk about, I'll give you an example of, of algorithm changes. So I've been going live for every Thursday night for over a year now. Just two months ago, all of a sudden, my traffic on the lives died for about three episodes um, where I went from getting. Whoa. Yeah, I know. You know, I was getting somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe eight to ten thousand views on a live to uh, there was one I got a thousand. And it's just like, oh, what happened? And so we just we had to go. I had to look at it and figure out what it was. It was actually I was using a plug in to share the live another kind of tool that helped you share it out to different places. I turned that off and Facebook liked it again. So it it's constantly looking at your content. If you, if you have something that's been working and doesn't stop working, then you might want to go and dig a little deeper and figure out what's changed with the algorithm. Something may have changed, something may have triggered, or you may there, you know, there's a list of words out there that Facebook doesn't like um, sometimes. So we try not to, you know, if, if we find that something starts started seeing a decline in, in our messaging, we'll try to, to change it up. Where is the list, Paul? We want um, the list. First of all, I want your cards. Secondly, yeah. I want the list. It's the same same person. Rachel Miller had published a list of do not use words. Uh, I think she has that on her blog. I'll try to find that list and, and send it to you. But yeah. Okay. Um, we can add that. We can add that to our, our handout. That's super helpful that there and then that there's an actual list of specific words that Facebook chokes your reach for. That's yeah. good to know. I love I love one of the big tenets here is knowledge is power. And sometimes it can, like you said, so often feel like, isn't there just the magic switch? And can't you just go back behind the curtain and flip the switch and make it work again? But but it's good to know that there are some things that you can grab onto, like the words, like you used a plugin that Facebook for some reason was not rewarding. It, it's just hard to feel like it's all arbitrary and you're just kind of floating around, throwing things at the wall and hoping something sticks. Right, right. And, you know, sometimes... In our group right now, we're seeing a lot of 
Facebook um, automatic deletions on posts because we have oh. a, a racial topic. So you, you, you know, you have to figure those kind of things out. Facebook algorithms yeah. change all the time and, and they're, they're trying to make it better. It doesn't always work for you, but um, it's, yeah, we we're having to dig into those. We have people getting banned for saying, saying things that, that aren't an issue, but because it does have some racial information in it, then Facebook thinks right. it's, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. So it, you just have to roll with it. Um, and I go back to it again, try to build your community on multiple platforms, use your email and don't depend on somebody else's land. <laughs> it's very, very tough. Yeah. To not, because it, it God, the feel of, of dropping to a, you know, a 10th of what you had before gives a gut punch. It's just, oh. it's crazy. I wanted to ask, you said that you were talking to, we're going to get as much insider information from you <laughs> as we can, because we know okay. that you had a direct line to Facebook, but you said that you asked your coach if they could just step behind the curtain. Uh, what was your coach's response when you asked, because I'm taking it based off of what you've said, that you were being an amazing advocate for content creators when you had your coach one-on-one. -on -one. What was what was their response to all the show our content help content creators? What, what did they say their mission was? What are they going for? So because of my uh, insistence on, you know, helping content creators monetize better, um, I have gotten the chance to talk to some Facebook uh, folks in some other meetings. And it, it is something that Facebook is, is looking at. They are trying to figure out new ways. There are some things coming out that I'm working with them on. They can't, can't talk about, but they are working. Sure. They, they know that that is an issue and they are trying to help content creators. I don't know if they're, they're not going as fast as I want them to. And then they're, they're starting in some areas that maybe I would have changed, but they know that. And they know that other platforms like TikTok and YouTube are paying creators directly for some of that, for content in different ways that Facebook's not. So I think it's something we'll see more about it coming out soon. That's exciting. And I just want to say thank you for advocating for content creators to, uh, on, on behalf of all of us. I wanted to ask a tangential topic. We're almost out of time, but I wanted to see, have you, particularly with Facebook taking over Instagram, have you seen any links between the two of them? Has that change made a difference for you in your ability to reach your community or grow your community on Instagram? Oh, yes. Some of the tools that are helping right now are just the fact that Facebook will start sharing, you know, and, and make suggestions. So we're getting uh, our reach is growing on Instagram because whether if you like our page already, then Insta Instagram suggesting it. Um, right now, for me, Reels are hot. Facebook's trying to compete with TikTok. So Reels are doing really well for us. Um, so we're using a, a, that a lot uh, and not IGTV as much. We're trying to post more reels. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you just have to go, you have to figure out where Facebook is focused and try to spend some time there. Um, they're also working, you know, they're doing a lot with audio rooms right now in Facebook groups. I'd recommend trying to use that platform and, and see, see if you can develop some content around that too. Say what? What's an audio room? Tell us more about it. Um, so it's, we were... We were invited to, we were one of the first people to have that in our group. It's a new, it's, it's the clubhouse of Facebook. So ah. groups will now have the ability to have private audio rooms. It's audio only content. Um, so we hosted one about the missing and murdered indigenous women crisis in America and Canada. And we had some, we had a panel discussion that was kind of our kickoff with the, the group or the audio rooms. Um, so that's something you're going to see coming out to groups more here in the next few months. So if, one, if your group gets that, I highly recommend using that because that is a place where Facebook is spending some time right now. 
Yeah, it's the same thing with Instagram. And we've had, we talked about reels earlier this um, summer with Jane Coe. And anytime we have anyone come on and talk about Instagram, if Instagram is rolling out a new feature, do the feature yeah. because that's where they're going to give the traffic. So that's definitely, exactly right. um, what is your call to action on Instagram? Where are you sending people? That's a good question. So in our regular posts, uh, we were not we're not really sending anybody, you know, we're not trying to do a call to action in our post in our stories. That's where we use them more as a traffic builder, not all the time, but so, but our call to actions there are, we, we do try to repurpose, whether it's our podcast episode or live, we'll take clips of that and either put it in a reel or a story and then drive you back to the blog post. Or we, a lot of times we're posting and saying, Hey, here's that again, here's an email sequence you may like uh, and it may help you. So go, go to that. And with our contest right now, we're doing a lot of posts, what stories, reels, um, all of the above, um, trying to be, drive people to the, to the contest. And you have put a lot of time into your email sequences, it sounds like, so that you have really beautiful, intentional, curated journeys for all of these different needs that people, um, how long did it take you to get everything set up? And if you don't mind, I'm not trying to start a, an ESP <laughs> Holy war. But which email service provider do you use? I use ConvertKit and it was a project I did a few years ago where we, we went back and rewrote all of our sequences. And I just redid, did one just a few months ago. Uh, it's something we continue to look at. And here's a sequence. Uh, here's a, one of my favorite tips for emails. If you are a, a food blogger or whatever, if you have a ton of, of old content, we did this a few years ago, and this was the one we just redid recently. We have a Throwback Thursday email sequence, and it's literally all it is is, hey, here's a post that you may have missed, and here it is. And that drives a ton of traffic. It is so much fun on Friday morning to log in to my Mediavine dash dashboard and see, and see what that Throwback Thursday did, and there'll always be a new post that popped up and just drives a ton of traffic every Friday. Do you try to connect them to a theme, or is it just literally, do you, do you do you also revamp the post or do you just post it as it is? Like, this is an old post. Here it is. Yes. And and that we redid That's awesome. it. Yeah. We redid it because we had, ha hadn't done it in probably two years. So we just took the top 25 posts currently. And we put that into the throwback Thursday. That's fantastic. I love that. Okay. Um, so many great suggestions and we are almost out of time. It's been really, really illuminating Paul and great to, learn about your attitude and to even just have you here and have you advocating for content creators. It's, it's all um, really good stuff. So we're glad you're here, but before we go, I'm going to ask you a final question and then I'm going to make a couple of announcements and then come back to get the answer. You know, we love an action item here on Teal Talk. So could you give us two or three for our audience who are ready to follow in your footsteps and really start going all in on building their community. And while Paul is thinking on that one, Guys, we're going to share that handout just in a moment with has all the links for you. So you don't have to worry about trying to track everything down. But I wanted to talk to you about our next episode of Teal Talk. It is Tuesday, October 12th. I'm going to have Mediavine CEO Eric Hochberger on. And we're going to talk about searching through Google Search Console, dusting off that account, going in and figuring out how you can use that free resource to create new content and grow your traffic. So don't miss that. We have some great practical examples and we'll have a presentation that will walk you through Google Search Console. So don't miss that. And then for our second episode in October, we are planning some spooktacular uh, earnings. How about some scary earnings is what we are going for for our second uh, episode in October. So be thinking about 
costume ideas and how we can scare up some great earnings for that second show in October. Paul, please give us those action items. You've dropped so many incredible <laughs> tips on us throughout the course of this hour that it's been a little overwhelming, but we'll ask, I'll ask you for two to three more because I'm greedy. Okay, sure. So think about, you know, we talked about email sequences. So think about what you would put in your first email sequence. What are the, what are those first things you would tell somebody about your business? What are the most five most important things? Think about that and, and think about writing it as an email sequence, then take those and make them conversation starters in your group. So for, for powwows.com, you know, it's uh, one of our main things is our event calendar where, where people go and try to find powwows. So I would, you know, write up a, a conversation starter in my Facebook group of, Hey, when's the last time you went to a powwow? What was your favorite powwow? Hey, and if you're looking for more, here's our event calendar. Here's way, one way to find one near you. Those kind of things, you know, come up with those five things that you want to tell somebody who's new to your community or new to your business, and then put that in uh, an email sequence and in your Facebook group. Fantastic. Love that. And the other thing I was going to say, last question was, how often do you think you need to post in your groups to, to really see, move the needle? And I think a lot of that does depend on how, how, big your community is. Um, sure. If you're just starting out, you know, once or twice a week is probably enough. You don't want to have 10 posts sitting there with no comments and, and that kind of looks yeah. dead. So when you're first starting out, you know, once, once or twice a week and just try to focus on getting that, that post of the week, a lot of comments or engagement on, and then you can start building from there. So, I mean, for us, I'm only posting maybe once a day in the group because we're at the point now where a lot of times I can just stand out of the way um, and let let the group interact with themselves. But yeah, sometimes we're posting more than that, but yeah, just once, once a day for us. Great standard once a day and, and getting those conversation cards, those starters, that's terrific. Paul, if we want to find you, if we want to see examples of how you're engaging in your group, where do we go? So you can come on first, my website, paulgatter.com, um, where you can learn more about how, how to build communities. But of course, we'd love to have you over on powwows.com. That's our blog and our, and our, main website and then on Facebook, come join our group over at Powwow Nation. And we will share all of that. And Paul, this has been terrific. It We are coming up on National Native American Heritage Month in November. It's a perfect time. We will be having more details on that, which Paul is going to be collaborating with us on some too, um, on all our Media Mind channels. If you haven't already liked, subscribed, followed, please do all those things so you don't miss anything uh, from us or from Paul. And there is the resources that we mentioned are already being dropped into the comments. Guys, it has been terrific. Have a wonderful start to your Q4. Thank you for being here, everyone. Have a great day. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine on air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.